Welcome to Torat Imecha, Nach Yomi, with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Leah Herzog, and today we will be studying Sefer Amos, Perek Gimel, the Book of Amos, Chapter 3. The main audience of Amos's prophecies are the people of Malchut Yisrael, the Northern Kingdom. As we discussed previously, the kingdom was prosperous and at peace. As we learned in Malachim Bet, 2 Kings chapter 14, Hashem was not yet ready to destroy the northern kingdom and exile the ten tribes, and, in fact, he had decided to save them through Yeravam ben Yoash. Yeravam is the king during the time of Amos, as mentioned in Perak Aleph, chapter 1, Pasuk Aleph, verse 1. In Prakim Aleph and Bet, chapters 1 and 2, Amos is trying to get the people's and our attention. He capitalizes on rhetorical styles and plays to our desire for revenge on our enemies and tormentors. One by one, Amos delineates the enemies of Israel and how God will punish them harshly because he will no longer tolerate or forgive their sins. Each group will endure destruction, devastation, and desolation. The list of enemies includes Malchut Yehuda, the southern kingdom of Judah, who is Malchut Yisrael, the northern kingdom's greatest rival. It is only midway through Perik Bet, chapter 2, that Amos outlines the heinous crimes of the people of the north, egregious social injustice, corruption of the courts and judges, wanton oppression of the poor, and sexual immorality. Amos tells the people that just as the other nations will suffer from Hashem's wrath and retribution, so too will the people of the northern kingdom. Hashem's love for his children does not mean unlimited clemency. Punishment will come. In Paragimel chapter 3, Amos reminds the people that they are the ones that Hashem redeemed from slavery and that they are the ones that Hashem has chosen to be his nation, his children. Because he loves them, Hashem has sent them messengers through the Nevi'im, the prophets. The people disregard both the Torah laws and lessons and the messengers that Hashem has sent. Therefore, they will now be punished. This parak, this chapter, begins differently than the previous two. Rather than a more rhetorical, even distant, Koamar Hashem, so says Hashem, Amos opens with the following. Shim'u et davar hazeh asher diber Hashem aleichem b'nei Yisrael, al kol hamishpacha asher he'eleiti me'eretz Mitzrayim lemor. Hear this word, O people of Israel, that Hashem has spoken concerning you, concerning the whole family that I brought up from the land of Egypt. Amos commands the people, Shim'u, listen. But that word doesn't just mean hear with your ears. It means both listen up or pay close attention and also understand the depth of what is being said. Amos makes it clear that Hashem's message is about you, B'nai Yisrael, about the whole family of Yaakov that Hashem took out of Egypt. 
In this verse, Amos is telling the people three crucial things at once. Number one, they need to really internalize and understand what Hashem is saying. Number two, all the people of Israel, the north and the south, are one family, with all that being a family implies. And three, that Hashem redeemed them from slavery, and that therefore they owe Him their allegiance and fealty. Pasuk Bet, verse 2, continues, Rak itchem yadati mikol mishpachot ha'adama, al kein efkod alechem et kol avonotchem. You alone have I singled out of all the families of the earth, and that is why I will call you to account for all you in, your iniquities. Hosea, another one of the four contemporaneous prophecies whose sefer or book you have already covered, gives a similar message. When you love someone and give them everything you can, both emotionally and materially, and then the other one ignores or worse rejects all your love in all of its manifestations, it is horribly painful. As the Radak explains here in Amos, because you, the children of Israel, know everything I did for you, as children know their father, and as subjects know the actions of their king, and because I know you, that is exactly why I now have to punish you. The prophets speak in language that we can understand, and we can well understand the pain, hurt, and anger that result from the level of rejection that B'nai Yisrael have done to Hashem. Additionally, the Torah tells us explicitly what happens when we sin. And just in case we don't know or have forgotten what the Torah says, Hashem has taken extra measure and effort to send us Nevi'im, or prophets. In Psukim Gimel through Chet, verses 3 through 8, Amos uses multiple metaphors and other rhetorical tools to deliver his message. The overall pattern is, can A happen without B? Can B exist if there is no A? The metaphors and imagery in verses 3, 4, and 5 are a little parv, or benign. For example, Pasuk Gimel, verse 3 says, can two walk together without having met? The Abarbanel explains that this means that even though the two kingdoms have been divided, is it possible that both kingdoms are sinning and that they don't have some kind of accord and an agreement on a very deep level? This explanation ties verse 3 back to verses 1 and 2. The two kings and their two kingdoms, Yisrael and Yehuda, the north and the south, are both one family, and both will suffer punishment if they don't repent. Pasuk Hay, verse 5, uses the metaphors of hunting and trapping, practices the people knew and used. Hatipol tzipor al pach haaretz umokesh enla? Does a bird drop on the ground in a trap with no snare there? Does a trap spring up from the ground unless it has caught something? One can read this pasuk 
this verse, as well as the previous two, as connected to the practices mentioned in Perik Bet, Chapter 2, that perpetuate social injustice. If you can conspire to take advantage of people, the poor, will you not be successful? And if they roar and object, and they do end up being trapped and broken, then are you not to be held responsible? Oppression doesn't just happen. There has to be a system in place to cause it and maintain it. And even if it is a reality that some people are going to be wealthy and some are going to be poor, the Torah maintains a set of laws that support social justice. Social injustice doesn't just happen. It isn't just inertia. It's a product of a system and a plan. According to some of the commentaries, such as the Nitziv, Amos is not referring to the impending and inevitable punishment that B'nai Yisrael will face, nor is he even rebuking them for their crimes. Rather, Amos is telling the people about what it means to be a Navi, a prophet, to have no choice but to carry out his mission. Through these metaphors, Amos is telling the people, Do you think I am saying these prophecies of my own accord? Do you think they are coming from nowhere? Don't you realize that I am speaking because I have to, because Hashem has chosen me to deliver his message and I cannot disobey? I cannot suppress the message that Hashem has given me, even if I want to. And Amos spells this out in Psukim Zion and Chet, verses 7 and 8. Ki lo yaaseh Hashem Elohim davar ki im gale sodo el avadav hav and Hashem does nothing without revealing His purpose to His servants, the prophets. Arye sha'ag mi lo yira, Hashem elokim diber mi lo yinabe. As a lion has roared, who can but fear? And as my Lord Hashem has spoken, who can but prophesy? As they themselves tell us, prophets are a gift from Hashem to us. But the Navi, the prophet, has an almost impossible task. The Navi has to get us to hear what we don't want to hear and see the world around us with the total clarity and omniscience of Hashem himself. And Amos is telling this to the people. I, Amos, need you to understand that Hashem is speaking through me. If you don't understand this and listen and repent and do tshuva, then terrible things will happen to you. In Pasuk Yud, verse 10, Amos tells B'nai Yisrael's enemies, who will be the agents of Hashem in punishment, punishing them. And in Pasuk Yud Aleph, verse 11, Amos tersely and powerfully says about B'nai Yisrael, V'lo yadu asot nechocha neum Hashem. Ha'otzarim Hamas v'shod be'armenotehem, and they are incapable of doing right, declares Hashem. They store up lawlessness and rapine in their for- fortresses. There are two chilling allusions in this short verse. One is that they are incapable of doing right. The terrible irony here is in the connection back to the beginning of the chapter the exodus from Egypt, 
we are reminded in this phrase of Paro and Hashem hardening his heart so that he and the Egyptians are incapable of doing the right thing and therefore they end up feeling Hashem's might and suffering the consequences of their brutality. And in the word Hamas, lawlessness, at the end of this verse, we connect our actions all the way back to the time when Hashem felt that he had no choice but to destroy the world with a flood. In Pasuk Yud Gimel, in verse 13, Amos closes the literary circle of this chapter with telling Bnei Yisrael again to listen. Shim'u v'ha'idu b'beit Yaakov ne'um Hashem Elokim Elokei Hatzvaot. Hear this and warn the house of Jacob, says my Lord Hashem, the God of hosts. It is interesting to note that this pasuk uses a gentler name for the people, Beit Yaakov. We find the use of this name in Shmot, chapter 19, when Hashem tells Moshe to say, Ko tomar lebeit Yaakov v'tageid lebenei Yisrael. So you should say to the house of Yaakov and tell the children of Israel. Rashi, quoting the Midrash, tells us that Beit Yaakov are the women and Bnei Yisrael are the men. Perhaps using the phrase Beit Yaakov lulled the listeners into believing that Hashem still cherishes them as much as he did at the moment of Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah. But then Amos ends up foretelling the destruction of their altars and their holy places, the places they think they are worshipping Hashem, and all of their incredible wealth and comfort, which they have likely built on the back of the poor, will also be destroyed. V'hikati beit ha'choref al beit ha'kaitz ve'avdu batei ha'shein ve'safu batim rabim ne'um Hashem. I will wreck the winter palace together with the summer palace. The ivory palaces shall be demolished, and the great houses shall be destroyed, declares Hashem. There are a lot of things that money can, can buy, but protection from Hashem's punishment for social injustice isn't one of them. Thank you for studying together. Li'ilui nishmat, Riva Schwab, Rivka Bat, Alexander Sender.